All right. So as Gideon deduced, we are in the book of Daniel. All right. What uh, what have you guys been talking about so far? Daniel. Thank you. That's what you talked about last week. Tell me the story. Who's Nebuchadnezzar? He's the king of the... Uh, no. King of the Jews? Wrong. <laughs> the Nebuchadnezzars. <laughs> Should we start before that? You, you can... I'm letting you guys tell me the story. Okay, so, at the beginning... <laughs> In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. You opened yourself up for that one. I said at the beginning, not the The place, where are they? They were the Chaldeans. Oh, it was the Chaldeans. Was it like the fire and then the, like, gods in there and then they were the Well, you are absolutely correct, but we're not there. And he had a dream. Hold on, we need to form concrete. Full thoughts, Gideon. Tell me the dream. Um, so, um, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed that there was a big statue, and it had gold, silver, bronze, iron, and clay. And the gold was him. Yeah. And it was the head of the man. Then there was. Then the silver was the the next people below him. And then. The bronze was the next people below them, and then there was iron, and the iron went down and mixed with the clay. And then a big boulder came and smashed the foot, and it all came tumbling down into powder. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't really care about that. He just cared that he was a boulder. Ta-da! Then he built a statue of himself. All right, what's the, what's the rock? What's the little rock? Um, okay, so you had a good point. Nebuchadnezzar only cared about this. He's the best. That's what he took away from all of that. All right? Mm-hmm. What did the statue look like? Himself! We don't know. Well, not specifically. But it, he said it was a likeness. Okay. With probably his face on it. Did it look like a bunny? Like from <laughs> VeggieTales? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay. So, obviously, let's see if I can do this. How'd I do? 
I would hope so. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, I think I got it. Chad <laughs> uh, So he's he's pretty full of himself, right? He's arrogant. What are some other words? Arrogant. Yeah, that's one. He's a leader. He's yeah. very harsh with his punishments, right? Okay. You either do this or you die. That's his favorite thing to do. Um. All right. So. Intelligent. Yeah, he's. He's got his wits about him. Yeah, Obviously, you know, God doesn't grade pen, uh, kingdoms the way that humans do, right? So that's why this list sometimes doesn't totally make sense to us. But obviously, in God's mind, he was the smartest, the best. You should put the rock up there so that it doesn't look like Jesus is on the rock. We'll just circle it. He's awesome. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to keep talking about Nebuchadnezzar today and what happened next in his reign. Not necessarily next, but the next big story. Alright, so let's turn to. Oh, what was next? Oh, okay. We did that. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jesus came and there's like, the throw. Right. So what's, what's the point? What. What does is, what is Nebuchadnezzar say about the God of the Hebrews after that? That he is great. Everybody must Okay. Does Nebuchadnezzar, do you think he sticks with that? Or do you think he's still kind of full of himself? I know he doesn't. Okay. Well, great. Okay. So we're going to say that he's learning. All right, this is all a process. Learning about God. But he's still not there. So let's read the story about how he gets there. Okay? <clears throat> Today our chapter that we're reading through is actually pretty unique. Uh, we believe that this book is authored by Daniel himself. Right? However, this particular chapter, chapter 4, is authored by Nebuchadnezzar himself. Right? Nebuchadnezzar wrote this. So when we read through, think about it coming out of Nebuchadnezzar's mouth. Okay, He has a story to tell. Turn to Ch- uh, Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. And let's start at verse 1. All right. So, does this sound like Nebuchadnezzar talking? Yes. Do you think so? Yeah, like it, the, yeah we just left I him off. It was good. Well, yeah. <clears throat> oh, wait. I don't, no. Is, does it sound like the, the Nebuchadnezzar we know so far? No. No, that's kind of what I'm trying to say, right? It's almost a reversal, where before he's like, my kingdom is going to be forever and ever. But now he says, God's kingdom is forever, right? So obviously there's been something that has happened to change his mind, all right? So let's figure out what happened. He's going to tell us. Keep reading. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my 
dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed, and the visions of my head troubled. Therefore may I, as a tree, drink in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians the astrologers. 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 The Chaldeans and Mysterians. And I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation of the Belteshazzar. Nebuchadnezzar is explicit about the names of Daniel. So he tells us that uh, at this point in his life, Nebuchadnezzar was still following the Babylonian gods, right? Because he's calling him Belteshazzar. Do you recall exactly what that means? Well, exactly. So Bel is the uh, god of the Babylonians. So it's I forget exactly what it is, but it essentially the name that they gave Daniel included the Babylonian god. But uh, so calling him that is in reverence to. So he, he at this point in the story he still hasn't changed. I also find it interesting that Daniel had to be called in after the rest of the Chaldeans and the, the astrologers and whatnot uh, couldn't figure it out. Right. Wouldn't you think that after the first stream, he would have just called Daniel right away? Right? This guy is the one I go to for my dreams. He's got it all together. He knows what he's doing. And uh, this action is typical of the human condition. Right? We only go to God when all else fails. So think of uh, how much better off we would be and Nebuchadnezzar would be if we went to God in the first place. All right, let's keep going. Verse 10. Thank 
be changed from a man's, and let the beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the man by the word of the Lord. Alright, uh, so let's draw this dream, okay? Tell me what to draw. There's a big tree. There's a big tree? said why that was to be done. Second half of verse 17 says, this is done that the most, uh, that man may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of heaven and gives it to whomever he will and sets it over the lowest of men. Okay? So you it comes right out and says why this is done. Um, raise your hand if you know the interpretation or if you've heard this dream before. All right. So of those people who did not raise your hand, do you think you could make an educated guess? No? This is actually like pretty easy. Yeah, what, what does this mean? Uh, if Nebuchadnezzar calls Briley in, says interpret this dream. Um, his kingdom is failing. Okay. Um, 
That's, no, an educated guess. Yeah, it, you, there's not really a wrong answer. Well, I mean, there is a wrong answer, but it's not bad to be wrong. <laughs> Anybody else want to hazard a guess? You know. You raised your hand. You're not allowed to. You, you raised your hand, too. Mallory, Natalia, Will. Anybody? Um, okay. So, once you know the interpretation, you'll you'll figure out why the Chaldeans and the magicians essentially declined to answer because it's not looking good for Nebuchadnezzar. All right? So they didn't want to tell him bad news, so they just told him nothing. But <clears throat> Daniel is not afraid. All right? He trusts that God will see him through any situation, so he just goes ahead and, and tells Nebuchadnezzar what's going to happen. Let's keep reading verse 19. Astonished. Oh, really? Okay. Astonished. Okay, well, it means astonished. For one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that sleep thee, and the interpretation thereof be thine The tree that thou sawest which grow and be strong, whose height reached unto the heavens, and the sight thereof to all the earth. Whose leaves were fair and fruit thereof much, and it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon those branches the fowls of the heavens had their habitation. Verse 22. Is it is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reacheth unto heaven, and thy domination is dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a rapture and a holy one coming down from heaven, and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump and the roots thereof the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with dew of the heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. Beware of the commanded to leave the stump of the tree 
So Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, the tree is you. All right? God will cut you down and humiliate you and he'll drive you away from men and you'll be like a beast in the field eating grass for seven years. All right? God will... And then after those seven years, God will allow you to return to your kingdom. That's why the stump is, is left. All right? It's protected by the, the iron and bronze and uh, kept for him when he comes back. <clears throat> so it's right in the dream, and Daniel repeats it at the end of his interpretation. But why exactly will God do this? Why, what is he punishing Nebuchadnezzar for? Right, that's why. And he's dealing with Nebuchadnezzar's arrogance and pride. Alright? He's cutting him down and saying, it's not you. You're not the reason that you're the best, the golden head. It's because I put you there. Alright, that's what God is telling Nebuchadnezzar. Why do you think Daniel paused for a whole hour before he told him the interpretation? It's pretty bad news, right? But other than that, you know, other than the fact that it's bad news, why would Daniel pause? Dramatic effect, is that what you just said? <laughs> I think Daniel legitimately cares for Nebuchadnezzar. It's his friend. All right? And he, it's pretty grim news. So he doesn't really want to tell him. He's not afraid, but it's a, it's a tough thing to, to inform your friend of. Let's read one more verse, verse 27. All right, so Daniel says, even though God plans this judgment for you, if you break off your sins and get rid of them, you might be able to hold it off, okay? This is the best action when facing a judgment from God for us, all right? So we need to stop our sinning because a judgment is also coming for us. Jesus said, if the right hand offend thee, Cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not the whole body be cast into hell. All right? So Daniel is saying the same thing as Jesus here. Jesus doesn't really mean to actually cut your hand off. But the image is clear. All right? We need to be aggressive. We need to be aggressive with removing sin from our life. And if we're not, it will fully corrupt us. So Daniel tasks Nebuchadnezzar with cutting his sin out of his life. All right? And that particular sin that we're talking about is his arrogance and pride. He's pretty full of himself. Let's see how he does. Uh, verse 28, pick up. Walter the 
of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? So he goes mad, right? No, no. That's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's super, super mad, and he he doesn't take care of himself for seven years because he doesn't know any better, right? He doesn't know to go take a bath. <laughs> so it took about a year. For the judgment to come. Either Nebuchadnezzar did as Daniel advised, right? And for a year, but then he slipped back into sin. And, you know, he comes right out and says something super prideful, super arrogant. And that's the trigger. Uh, or maybe God was merciful and he was just staying the judgment to give Nebuchadnezzar all the possible number of chances. But either way, a year later, Nebuchadnezzar was struck with this madness. And he was driven from the city. And he lived like a beast in the field and ate grass for seven years. Keep going, verse 34. So notice here at the end, who does he attribute his kingdom to? God. Awesome. He learned his lesson. It took seven years. So 
after the seven years, God lifts the madness from Nebuchadnezzar and he instantly moves into humble praise. All right, we can be sure that the king's words, by the king's words, that he has learned his lesson. And he is actually finally converted from the Babylonian gods to the one true God. All right, before with the dream interpretation and the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, he was just impressed. But now he's fully converted. All right? So God humbled Nebuchadnezzar not solely to punish him, but with the ultimate goal of bringing him to this proper place. Uh, because of this experience, Nebuchadnezzar was able to witness to all of his people. Right? What we're reading here is a letter that he put out to all of Babylon. He's telling his story. The one true God is the one way. He's got all this power. This is who we should follow. All right, so it created that opportunity for Nebuchadnezzar to witness to all of his people. We know that God despises pride and arrogance. <clears throat> right along with all of sin. So if you find yourself in a trial, it may be helpful to take a step back and talk with God. All right, examine yourself and remember that God is in control. He rules in all the kingdoms of men, including your life. So he definitely can make your situation turn out right. Lean on him and he'll show you what you must do. So that is the story of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, after his return from madness, uh, we believe that he reigned for about another 14 years and continued to grow the kingdom. Uh, but now he attributed that growth instead of to himself to God. Next week, when we pick up again, uh, we'll be talking about Daniel and King Belshazzar. Who? Belshazzar. Um, what? Belshazzar is Daniel. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Belshazzar is Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. So a lot of time has passed. Okay. But Daniel's still around, and Daniel is still pretty powerful in the kingdom. And we'll pick up the story there. Thanks, guys.